All right, team, welcome back. I love our little pre-show chat. Uh, it's my favourite time of the week, actually, as we get to sit down and just reflect and uh, preview all things rugby league. It's uh, It's been another incredible week. Uh, Geordie, uh, it's going to be a bit of a special episode, me and you. We get to run a little rogue. Uh, it's the business end of the season uh, for the NRLW. But uh, anyway, just having a bit of a look at the sheet here, the question I've got for you, my friend, is... Uh, Let's throw a little bit of love to some of these coaches. They've been doing a great job so far this season. But if you had to pick one, who would you want to be coached by and why? Um, probably like not results-based-wise at the moment. Might be a controversial pick with the way that they're going. But the para girls, I think Dean just, uh, he really does empower the girls. You can tell how passionate they are regardless of the results they're getting. They want to turn up. They want to play for him. They want to play for their jersey. And I think like building that sort of coach route, Culture as a coach is something really cool. So that's where my head's at. That's with yeah, my coach hat on. <laughs> I, um, you know, it, it, obviously, you know, the, some of the most competitive, um, you know, girls we've got in the league come out of that Parramatta system. So they are absolutely um, desperate, you know, obviously to be winning football games. But one of the things I said in the in the in the preseason, Jordy, was it felt like Para was building it properly. You know what I mean? Was just slowing down you know, doing a bit of a reshuffle, bringing in some younger players and more sort of looking at this um, in the longer term. No, look, I, I could be wrong, but I, I, I agree. I really love the way Dean goes about it. And I kind of anticipated this, that this would be a bit of a slow process. And um, yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens heading into next year. Uh, look, for me, you guys know where I'm going to go with this. Obviously, I've got a lot of love for my Newcastle Knights, but I've got to go with Sowie uh, for the Dragons. You know, one of the things that I think I most um, admire about uh, Jamie Soward is he's just, he is who he is. He's very genuine. Um, you know, he, he, he doesn't apologize for who he is. And he, he just has so much uh, passion and love, number one, for that club, for that Red V. And he has so much uh, love and passion for his players. You know, he, he's absolutely a player's coach. And then you throw um, on top of that, Geordie, <laughs> that competitiveness. I mean, I just love watching most coaches in the coach's box, but uh, watching Sowie um, go, you know, um, you know, do his thing. Um, you know, he rides every play. Uh, he's very passionate. And, um, you know, look, he's doing a really, really good job. You know, there's a lot of uh, technical aspects to the Dragons that are <clears throat> continuing to improve each and every week there. So, there we go. There's our picks, uh, Dean and Sowie. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts, though, listeners. Uh, send them through on the socials. Which NRLW coach would you love to be uh, coached by and why? Um, but anyway, we've we got a lot to preview tonight, so let's jump into the show. Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the Women in League show Season 2, Episode 44. My name is Dean Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. And tonight, the voice you heard is Geordie, and uh, yeah, we get to have a little bit of fun tonight. Geordie, now, trying to, you know, sort of just manage my emotions. I'm trying not to get too emotional by the fact that this is it, my friend. This is our final regular season uh, round as we preview, um, yeah, Week 5 of the NRLW season. Um 
Just quickly, Geordie, how did it go? For you? It, it flew by for me. What's your, what's your thoughts? I cannot believe how quickly and how much footy we've seen this year and uh, how close we are to the end of this NRLW stint. It's, um, yeah, you've blinked and we've almost missed it, really. Yeah, no, it's, it's been incredible. Um, so, anyway, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. So let's dive straight into our first segment, The Breakdown, as we feature some blockbuster clashes in week five of the competition. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to plan at all. Um. And they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jordy, let's dive into our first clash, uh, and it is the Brisbane Broncos who are narrowly uh, clinging on to that uh, all-important fourth position on the ladder uh, as they take on the Parramatta Reels, who are sitting at the bottom of the table. Um, bit of a goose egg there. We're with no wins so far in the tournament. Um, this will be a big part of uh, a massive triple header on Sunday um, there at the Central Coast Stadium at Gosford. Again, to all the locals and even those in Sydney, you know, travel in. This is going to be an incredible um, atmosphere as we celebrate what has been a really um, an unbelievable uh, regular season for the NRLW competition. Uh, Jordy, going to start with you. We've already had a little bit of a Parramatta chat, but let's keep it rolling. Um, what's your thoughts on their season so far? Obviously, nothing to play for in this game, but at the same time, everything to play for. You know, there's a lot of professionals in this group that are going to want to get that W. Yeah, I think. Um... The Paragirls, you can tell, are really building something special. It feels like they're consistently building, like they're consistently getting really close to these wins at the moment. That's probably something that, like, a reflection of their roster changes this season. I think they've had a lot of new girls and a lot of young talent come in, and they really have invested time and effort into those girls. They're getting lots of minutes. So I think I think we're going to see a turn of, not turn of, like, turn the corner for them at the end of this year coming into next season. I think that all their rewards going to pay off. I think it's just like that um, trust the process sort of mentality that they've got going on. I think that's probably the best from my point of view. That's how I'd probably sum it up for them. You know, Jordy, it's hard. I I agree with you. Um, I said in the preseason that it felt like Parramatta were taking that longer term approach. You know, they sort of, you know, reshuffled, rebuilt their spine. um, And, you know, that they're looking to sort of build something into the future. But, you know, that is a big challenge in what I sort of frame as a tournament, this NRLW competition, Jordy. You cannot lose football games. You've got to win. And there are so many teams that have significant advantages in the competition because they've been able to, by some miracle, because we saw a lot of players move clubs, but they were able to sort of keep their core groups together. I look at clubs like the Dragons. We'll throw Newcastle aside. They're doing their own sort of thing. But, you know... Jordy, it's not easy, you know, when you completely change up your spine, um, you know, it just, you know, if, I, I guess what I'm saying is if this was a 20 round, 25 round competition, you would have all the faith in the world that the Parramatta Reels could actually be a contender because there are so many strengths to their roster. It's just, you can see the cohesion, you know, they just weren't able to build that quite quick enough compared to, you know, a lot of the other teams are able to hit the ground running in round one. Yeah, I couldn't agree more on that one. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, and let's talk about some of their, um, you know, because, you know, a lot of people, they're going to be looking at Parramatta who, you know, obviously they're sitting at the bottom of the table. You know, can they can they get this done? Absolutely. Um, 
Jordy, it's, it's, you know, obviously we don't want to pick favourites here, but you just want to highlight, um, you know, some of the players that can, you know, break out in this game. In this game, we've spoken a lot about Cal Broughton at fullback. There is just so much potential there as a player, um, you know, gamble responsibly, but you think about a player who could certainly um, score a few tries in this one. Um, the captain, uh, Tiana Penatani, I feel like, has had a really successful tournament, and I think she's putting herself in a really good position to certainly be part of that World Cup uh, selection. Um, you know, she's an absolute veteran uh, at the international level, but, you know, th- th- those jerseys, they're, they're not guaranteed, but I think she's had an outstanding tournament. Um, you know, what, what other players uh, for you, Geordie, do you feel like have really shone in what has been a bit of a bit of a challenging campaign so far? I actually think the Kenning, uh, the Charrington sisters have had a really good since once Ruben was given her debut. I think both Ruben and Kennedy brought a lot of energy um, and a bit of spark in that middle of the field for the Para Girls. I think they've been really good. And over the last two games, anyway, we've seen Ash Quinlan link up with um, Gail Broughton and Tiana Petitani on that left edge really nicely. And I think they're starting to build some really nice combinations. It's just a shame, like you said, that. The nature of this season at the moment, the NRLW competition is you don't really have time to peak at the right end of the season. You've got to hit the ground running. And um, it's not worked in their favour this year, but hopefully hopefully with the expansion next year and a bit more, a few more matches in the round games, you'll start to see those teams really find their feet and grow into the comp. Yeah, and to our listeners, there's so many complexities because, you know, a lot of the players who play in, you know, state competitions or, you know, it's just a little bit random in terms of, you know, the players, they don't all play together as well. So, you know, just, just those reps together, building those combinations. If you restarted the competition now, Parramatta would be a serious force because, you know, they nearly got the Titans and they're building to something. And exactly right, Jordy. I, I think great call out, you know, for Kennedy. You know, she's the type of player that I look at to say, well, you know, coming into this one, a Parramatta just going to pack it in. Uh, try telling that to Kennedy and uh, and and most of this squad, you know, they they're absolutely desperate and they're starting to play some good footy. So, as I say, most weeks when it comes to the Parramatta Reels, there is no reason why they can't dominate the middle. Um, it's just being able to sustain that for the entire, um, you know, first and second half. But you know, we'll we'll see how Parramatta come into this one. All right, Jordy, let's flip it over and talk about the Brisbane Broncos. I spoke about desperation it is desperate times because they find themselves just clinging on to a finals position but but we'll talk more about the titans later but they are really gunning for that spot as well so you know overall geordie talk to me about um this broncos campaign certainly one that i guess you know has been very very different for for the players and and fans of the brisbane broncos yeah i think they've um for the first time been a bit uncomfortable in the competition they've been rather than the top notch and the kind of the bar for everyone to beat they've they've been challenged every week so it's um it's nice to see that the the talent or the higher end of the talent has been spread around and it's forced teams to be better um I also think it's given other girls a chance in that Broncos jersey to step up and really um you know fill some big shoes and do a job that they wouldn't normally be asked to do I think Shanice Zolka has had an absolutely outstanding season I think she's yeah, she's one of my favourite, I think, most informed players at the moment. She really can create something out of nothing. So I think the move player movement has really left, um, given those girls an opportunity to shine that they otherwise would be sitting around superstars and might not be needed to do that work, but it's certainly given some girls an opportunity to go above and beyond. I don't want to sound too repetitive, but <laughs> you, you, you sort of 
by about now, you're getting a little bit of a sense of the potential of these teams. That's how crazy the tournament and the competition is. Just now, you are starting to get a little bit of an understanding of the, the identity. And, and again, the Brisbane Broncos find themselves in a similar position. They had quite a few players depart. They had a lot of new players coming in. They had a couple of injuries. And they've really kind of had to sort of, you know, build this as, as they sort of, as they go along. Had some outstanding, they've got some outstanding quality. But again... They are just starting to find themselves. They are just starting to build their identity, and they're just starting to unlock a couple of players. Jordy, uh, it was good to see Jamie Chapman uh, start to break out. You know, everyone has been eagerly anticipating that. As soon as we saw that announcement that Chapman was heading to the Broncos, we just thought, "Hang on, this could be anything." Taron Aiken, Ali bringing Shaw, uh, you know, feeding Chapman that that could be that could be something pretty special. Yeah, I think she made something ridiculous, like 10 tackle breaks on her stats, which is just insane. Like to get a hands on the ball often is fantastic, but to be breaking the line that many times is just, you know, that's showing what a world-class player she is. Can we throw in coaching as well for the Brisbane Broncos? They're a team that are getting better and it's not by coincidence, it's through hard coaching. You know, we've been very fortunate to, you know, have a lot of the players on from the Brisbane Broncos system and they've sat down and, you know, spoke a lot about, you know, their standards and how hard they're coached and a lot of the expectations that come with wearing that jersey. And you can certainly see that in any NRLW competition, even this one where they are facing some adversity. They're, you know, you can see they're coached hard. You can see they're watching a lot of tape. You can see they're improving. Um, again, we just wish the competition ran that little bit longer. That's for sure. All right, Jordy. Uh, yeah, look, this is going to be a very interesting battle. Um, you know, a, a great game to open up the triple header. Uh, what's your what's your prediction for this one? I <laughs> this is probably the hardest one of the weekend to pick. I think. Um, I want to say Paro to let them finish on a high for the season, but I don't know if um, Broncos are just sent in that winning mentality over the last couple of years and they know how to scrap together a win. Uh, decisions, decisions. I'll go Para. Okay. I'm All right. I love the upset. Yeah, I'm gonna, I will, <laughs> look, I'll, I'll balance this out a little bit. I'm going to go to the Broncos. Uh, it's just the World Cup. You know, the World Cup, it is close. And, and look... I would hate to be behind the scenes trying to trying to select some of these squads. It, it is going to be absolutely incredible. Some of the players are going to miss, be missing out. So obviously the Broncos, they'll be desperate to hold on to their spot for finals. And I think there's just a few players that are just giving it their absolute all to be in contention for that massive tournament at the end of the year. So look, I think the Broncos quality will come through. Uh, you know, a bit of a close one, but I think the Broncos will get it done uh, towards the back end there. All right, my friend, well, let's kind of, you know, we'll flip it to the third game uh, just to be a little bit different. We'll talk about our next feature game, and it is the St. George Illawarra Dragons um, sitting in third position um, coming up against the Newcastle Knights. Now, look, you know, the Knights are sitting in second, but they're both equal on six points. Uh, The points differential is pretty close as well. Uh, Geordie, I've got to be careful here. You know, I'm a Newcastle boy, love the Hunter Valley, love love my team, but, you know, got, got, a, got a fair bit of uh, close connections to the Dragons as well. So I'm going to handball this over to you to talk a little <laughs> bit about both of these clubs. But, um, you know, let's start with the Dragons. What's your thoughts on their season so far? You're never easy to bounce back after losing a premiership, but where, where do you see them at the moment? I think they've been really strong and the couple of changes that they've made to their roster has been really quite handy. Um, you said you touched on it when we were chatting earlier is that is a fantastic coach and he manages to unlock and really give his girls like the opportunity to shine and like play to their strengths. And I think even though they've, 
you know, coming off a loss last year in that grand final bloody hurts, but they, um, I think they're the sort of team to dig deep into this final series. And I think that they're, they got a lot of fire and I still think they've got room to improve, which is pretty cool. I don't think we've seen their best yet this season. Yeah, I'd I'd kind of agree with that. I think one of the things that's interesting about the Dragons is that they can revert back to their systems and their structures and they really look to some of the more experienced, you know, leaders within the group when things go sideways. And it often does, you know, ladies and gentlemen, this is rugby league. You know, things don't always go the way you want. You know, there's going to be a drop ball, there's going to be a missed tackle, there's going to be a penalty. Um, But I just feel like the Dragons have just got that level of resilience. And again, for me, it's by no coincidence. It, it's through probably the the relationships, the friendships, the, you know, you know, all all of that that they've built. They've been able to sort of stay together, Geordie. You know, this is a team that have mostly been able to keep the list together. And I just feel like when things get a little bit difficult, you can see that bond, you can see that connection, and you can see the team willing to fight out of it. it it's nothing. You know, pretty. I mean, there there is pretty football out there. They have some absolutely explosive moments, but I think it's a lot of the simplicity to their football that's most impressive. And you know, I'm I look. I'm just all about this Dragons forward pack. I just you know, there are there are some footballers in there. You know, I'll, I'll handball you a little bit of a conversation about Holly Wheeler, but really impressed <laughs> about with uh, you know the Dragons forward pack at the moment. Holly is just an out and out leader, and you can tell how much the girls feed off her energy and as soon as she takes a hard run the girls are rallying up behind her looking for that support line and you can tell she really is just like a a real leader on the field and the energy she brings is um it's unmatched really yeah and look you just know that you know the dragons they're going to put a few tries on you you know this is typically a competition where it is so close you know no one's getting blown out 40 you know 30 40 50 nil you know we've seen some crazy score lines in the men's game um, towards the back end of the regular season the NRLW it's always close it's always two points six points it's very very tight so you know the dragons are going to score those points it's about you know, it, it, it's about digging in and, and seeing if you can keep keep pace with them for the entire period. Um, and let's just throw a little bit of love um, to Rach Pearson. Um, Jordy, you thought probably a little bit quiet in terms of starting the competition. Uh, but again, you talk about players that are starting to find form. And I, 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 again, not a lot of flash to her game, but so measured, so controlled. And, um, you know, one of the most important players, uh, arguably, in the competition. Yeah, I can't fault right at the moment I think she's your sort of solid safe half you know what you're going to get out of her like she'll do her job she's probably not someone to put a hand up and you know go and make a crazy crazy run and take it to the line but she can put other people in holes and she's smart and she's really everything about those old school halves that you love so to see her sort of nail that one and bring it home for her girls was it was unreal to watch and just another little just just another little bit of love to see how we out there how he sort of, you know, spoke Geordie a little bit about, you know, just reminding the rugby league community, you know, after a loss or something throughout the season, he sort of spoke about, you know, uh, in the press conference, he spoke about, you know, a lot of these girls were taking a couple of days off, two or three days off work. Like, it's just that little reminder. And you saw that blow up on social media where people like, hang on, you know, it's almost as if there's still people out there, Geordie, that don't realise that this isn't full time, you know, that a lot of these girls are working long hours. They have their own, you know, responsibilities in their, per- you know, it's again, if, if anyone, you know, didn't need reminding Geordie, it's incredible 
the quality of football that we're seeing, given you know what all of these girls are dealing with, um, you know, on and off the field. Yeah, it's um, it's nice to have a coach and someone who has been such a, you know, an image for the male game come out and be such a loud advocate and a proud advocate for what the women's game is and what it can be with the right investment, the time, the effort and all the resources that the men's have. So um, I think it's unreal and I think it's a really eye-opening thing for the wider rugby league community to be aware of. Yeah, well, let's hand that hat around and let, let's let's get some big buckets of sponsorship. Let's continue to grow this game. And as it expands next year, you know, we, we're getting close, you know, the, the – the dream of it being full time, it's not too far away. And, um, you know, only a few years ago, I, I wasn't as confident. So, and that's just a credit to every single player in this competition who are just going out there and uh, putting on an incredible show. Uh, Jordy, speaking of putting on an incredible show, wind me up and let me go. How about these Newcastle Knights? Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, I have to admit, there's been. Some difficult times when I look at that red and blue jersey. So much love, <laughs> but so much hurt. Uh, but just to have a football team that, you know, is not just competitive, but, I mean, we are legit and we are a genuine contender. It's, it's been great to watch them play. But, Jordy, you know, let's, you know, I'll, I'll try not to be too biased here and let's talk a little bit of X's and O's. Jordy, you know, this team are the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> they are just... Throwing the ball around, attacking, creative. I mean, this is the hottest ticket in rugby league is watching the Newcastle Knights play. Now, it doesn't matter whether we're talking fullbacks, wingers, centers, halves, forwards, interchange players. It is unbelievable the attacking football we're seeing from the Newcastle Knights. Now, that is beautiful to watch. But, Geordie, I'd like to see just a little bit more maturity and game management and just a little, you know, to just... I guess the ability to kind of settle things down, get in the fight, uh, because you know it was it was a bit of a disappointing loss last week against the Roosters. We we definitely had them. I um, got to agree on that one. I think, especially the Knights halves and the, the way that the style that they're playing is so open. It's like they've been given a license to have a crack, which is awesome and such a great spectacle for the audience. Um, but in terms of game management and knowing how to turn it on and cool it down coming into this finals period for the girls. I think that's going to be a really important um, learning block for the, for those Knights girls. You just, that they've just got to, at moments, you know, because you, you can't, you, you can't sort of pull them back too much because they are who they are. And that's, what's making them one of the contenders in the competition. But, you know, there are periods in the game where you just need to bore your opposition to death. You have to kick to corners. You have to have that run chase, and you just need to ball them. You know, just just cut down on the errors, cut down on the offloading, and really get in the grind. And I feel like if the Knights are able to apply that pressure and let other teams come up with the unforced errors, you know, I, I think we're really onto something. Hey, you know, look, I, I you don't want to put any more pressure, but you know, at the same time, let's provide you know accurate praise to our young halfback in Jesse Southwell. <laughs> we haven't seen a player this talented at this age for a very long time. Um, we're pretty lucky here at Mojo Sports because we have a 
Um, we have quite a few connections. Yourself, um, Jordy, you do amazing things in North Sydney um, in relation to all the pathways. So there are a few out there. Um, stay tuned to the Mojo Sports Podcast, and we'll uh, we'll give you more of an insight into that. But Jesse Southwell um, got all the all the skills: um, kicking game, passing game, running game, physicality, the defensive side of her game. You know, really, really impressive. But again, just small moments. You know, obviously, you know she sort of faked that unders line at that key moment. You know, couldn't help herself, throws the cutout, puts Romy under pressure, and that leads to the mistake and then the runaway try. You know, these are just some of those little moments that, you know, Jesse will learn from. And um, she's got an incredible football IQ. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like we're going to see, uh, you know, an, another little step in the finals, if you can believe it. I, um, I've i watched the Southall sisters grow up playing footy in both codes, and I think um, Jesse's a really good example of what can happen if you invest time and effort into female athletes she's been lucky enough to be the younger generation coming through so they've had more access to training and facilities and resources and time in the elite pathways like she's had a stint with Aussie sevens already and she's not even finished school like Mm -hmm. she's been playing on the world series and training effectively full-time so for her to come across and hopefully we can keep her in league now um, because Maddie Johns actually sums it up really well on his show um, over the weekend that he thinks she'll be the next Hall of Famer if she stays in the code. Like to come in this young and to stamp her authority so early um, and she's only got room for growth and experience and more learnings at the highest level, she's going to be unstoppable. Yeah, and she's got um, the perfect accomplice there in the halves in Kira. You know, Kira yeah. is an unbelievable legend in our sport. You know, obviously, you know, North Sydney through and through, you've got so much love um, and respect for Kira, but um, I just think she's an incredible um, player and she is, you know, she, she's got a few more unbelievable chapters left in her own book as well. And I just think her combination with Jesse, very, very special. Hey, let's throw the usual love to the forwards as well. Um, you know, we spoke about how impressive the Dragons are. How good is this battle going to be? Elsie Albert versus Caitlin Johnston, uh, Millie Boyle, um, and, you know, Yasmin Clydesdale, obviously elite. You know, they're the... You know, what we're seeing in the competition is a few teams are fading towards the back end of the halves. We've spoken a lot about it. You know, the ability to kind of play at that intensity, grind it out for the full half, it it is proving to be that little bit difficult. These dynamic edge back rowers uh, that are targeting, you know, fatigued defenders towards the back end of halves, it's it's nearly unstoppable. So big shout out to Yasmin. All right, there we go. I'll shut up. Too much love there, <laughs> but maybe not enough for my beloved Newcastle Knights. Jordy, uh, who are you going in this one? Because, you know, this is um, outside of the Roosters, a bit of a, um, you know, this is, this is a top four clash, second V third, um, bit of some bragging rights on the line. <laughs> I'm going to go Knights. I know you probably will, but I am um... – I'm a big Caitlin Johnson fan at the moment. She's probably my player of the season so far. So I'm back in the Knights, girls. Yeah, well, just just so you know, because you've got the connections here with the Dragons, I'm going to say Golden Point. You know, the Dragons won one last week, so how about they lose one? It's only fair, <laughs> you know, only fair in love and war. So, um, yeah, look, it's going to be tight. Um, I always say, I always say that when when the big clubs come together, we've been proven right throughout the throughout the season. Um, again, you know, get down, watch this game. It's going to be one of the games of the season. Um, if not, uh, tune in and watch this one. Uh, incredible game of football. All right, team. Well, let's uh, move forward now to our final segment for tonight. 
about rapid fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Your apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, uh, Jordy, let's round it out off and uh, talk about that third and final game of the NRL uh, W in this round, and that is the Gold Coast Titans coming up against the Sydney Roosters. Jordy, who are the Gold Coast Titans? <laughs> they are such a tease, um, and you know they find themselves. You know, obviously they had that disappointing loss against the Broncos a couple of weeks back, but they are there. You know, they're they're on equal points with the Broncos. Um, you know, the Eels they're more than capable of getting the job done against the Broncos. Absolutely, um, you know the the points differential is tight as well. So. You know, this is unlikely, but, you know, I I don't know. I I just feel like, you know, the Gold Coast Titans, they are just so unpredictable. And again, like we've been saying week after week, if you sit there and you look at that player list, this is a team that can win each and every week. Yeah, I think the question, who are the Titans, they're kind of figuring that out as the season goes on. I think Varney getting their hands on the ball more at fullback is – I think that's going to be key to seeing them really dig into the fight this weekend. Yeah, I, I think it. I think it is, and and you wonder again. You don't. You don't. I don't want to harp on it, but combos. You know what I mean? Like Lauren Brown and Vani. It's 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 coming. You know what I mean? Like you know they've been impressive. They've had their moments. There's been some. There's been some. Um, you know, incredible play from them. But I promise you. This is just the beginning for the Gold Coast Titans franchise. You know, obviously, if they're able to keep that uh, combo together for a few years, you are going to see some um, spectacular performances. And you just wonder whether, like a lot of these teams, whether they're able to warm into the contest and get it done. Um, drilling down, Jordy, where, you know, obviously they're, they're coming off that close win against the Parramatta Reels, but again, they have been inconsistent um, throughout the competition. Where, where has it kind of been going wrong for the Titans? And, where where are your concerns heading into this one? Because we're going to talk about their opposition in a second. Pretty decent football team in the Sydney Roosters. But, yeah, <laughs> keeping it focused on the Titans. I think they're um, – I don't know if it's saying going wrong or they're just struggling to find that second gear. I'm not sure if it's a lack of – because it's not a lack of experience. Like you look at that Titans list and you go, there's a lot of girls that played Origin and a lot of girls have played together at Origin. But it's just – it just seems a bit clunky. The timing's off when we're running. They're running an attack. It's it's not bad. It's just not as clean as their opposition, and that's probably a reflection of their results so far this season. They're getting close and they're fighting, but they're just not executing as much as what they're coming up against. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. Um, you know, we, we certainly haven't seen, you know, it, it doesn't look smooth, you know what I mean? When you watch them play, it always looks a little bit, awkward and uncomfortable and there's, there's just these individual moments of brilliance or even with with one or two players that can sort of get together and create opportunities but you know as a team offensively I still feel like they haven't really clicked and again they tend to have moments where some unforced errors and you know a, a bit of lack of discipline there which they need to sort of clean up but Jordy, I, I think the other thing that I'm really interested with the Gold Coast Titans is just a little bit of inconsistency across their playing list. So what I mean by that is individually there's been pretty much most of the players in their squad have had a brilliant game or two, but compared to some of the other teams that we're seeing in the competition, it's it's the ability to kind of back that up 
week in, week out. So, again, um, some of the best players in the world play in that Gold Coast Titans jersey, but it's their ability to produce that week in, week out. So, yeah, it's, um, it's Geordie, it's, it's consistency, isn't it, for the Titans? And, you know, they come off the win against the Parramatta Reels. Their season's on the line. No one thinks they've got an opportunity. You know, the, that, that's you know that's exactly what they're going to be speaking about each and every week. So, you know, what's your you know before we head down the prediction path, what's what's the style of play? What are you thinking is going to happen? What do you think the Titans are going to try and produce here against the red hot Sydney Roosters? I think they've just got to out enthuse Roosters. I think that Titans. They've got everything on the line this game, obviously, and Roosters are kind of in a nothing-to-lose mentality. They'll want to throw the ball around. I think they just need to get up and try and put the pressure on to force errors out of Roosters, and I think I think they've got it in them to cause an upset. I think they can go out there and I think they can out-enthuse, especially with this nothing like it's all on the line. Leave it all out there. If you win, you go through. If you don't, it's end of season. But um, I think that's where they've got it. They've got to win it. They've got to out-enthuse. They've got to... Slow down the races and force some errors. Yeah, and it, it, it's a, it is a very important game because obviously, if things don't go their way and they don't make finals, um, you know, we we got to speak about it. You know, there is just so much competition for spots. You know, there are so many young players who are coming through systems, who are traveling, who are you know moving in a state to get these NRLW opportunities. We understand there's expansion next year, but. You know, there's a couple of players that are under a little bit of pressure here that really need to step up. So, look, I, I just think that when you've got a team that, you know, doesn't want it as more, maybe a little bit complacent, the Titans, they've got to be absolutely desperate. And, you know, a couple of players that will call out as well. I mean, you know, Geordie, you know, how about getting your uh, your energy and enthusiasm from players like Karina Brown? I mean, has there ever been a moment in a game of football where she hasn't played at 110%? There's a couple of others as well in that team, but... You know, uh, they, they, they do have um, some experienced leaders in this team that will certainly be leading from the front. Karina Brown and, uh, you know, one of our absolute fav- uh, favourites here at the network, Steph Hancock. Took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say, do we dare speak about the fact that is it potentially Steph Hancock's last game if they oh, don't go through? I just, uh, <laughs> you know, you see, you know, see other, you know, sports people in other codes. Tom Brady, I think, see, what's he, 62 this year playing NFL quarterback? So, um, oh, look, I, obviously uh, we're closer to the end than the start for Steph, but, you know, again, one, honestly, one of the best forwards in the competition. It's just. Just absolutely incredible. Um, you know, I, I pull my back, uh, you know, tying my shoes these days. So uh, it's a credit to her in terms of uh, just an absolute elite athlete um, in our sport and, um, yeah, cherishing every every moment. So if this is her last game, hey, that, that's that's all the reason to get down and watch one of the absolute legends go out there um, and battle it out. Uh, Geordie, let's quickly wrap it up and talk about the Sydney Roosters. Hey, not much to talk about because this team... <laughs> is moving and shaking. I mean, Jordy, it is pretty impressive because this isn't a team that won the grand final, were clearly the absolute dominating best team in the competition, and then just kept that roster and maybe added a few players. I mean, mate, they, they got wiped out. They had a lot of they had a lot of players who have left that team. It's a real credit to Strange and, uh, you know, the rest of the coaching staff in terms of, you know, keeping the group together and, you know, Jordy, this this is this has been one hell of a campaign from the Chooks. It sure has, and I think we're kind of at this turning point where we're starting to see the next generation come through. 
think um, the Roosters that started the NRLW and not the Roosters we're seeing anymore, which you which you touched on. Yes, they've kept the pairings of like Z and Ray in the halves, but there are so many new names and young names and girls that are coming out of Tasha Gale's system and going right into NRLW and just absolutely killing it. Pani Hopawade over the weekend was just unbelievable. Looked like she was not even kicked out of second gear and was making those breaks. It's just um they're in some red hot form at the moment. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, and and maybe some of the mind games, you know, you do you, 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 you know, what do you do? Do you kind of rest some players as well? Do you give some younger, you know, girls an opportunity here? It's um it, it's going to be really interesting to see. Look, you know, you, we we'd obviously talk, you know, one through seventeen in terms of some of the players who are impressing at the moment, but you know, let's give love to to the Roosters halves. Um, you know, Z and Ray. Um, in the halves again, we, we we've spoken about it over the last couple of weeks about you know that particular halves pairing for some reason don't get a lot of the you know the international love, the social media love as a lot of the other stars in the competition. Yet at the moment, find me a better halves pairing than these two. They're yin and yang. They obviously have different playing styles, but they're playing with so much confidence, and you can just see it. And we're starting to see a little bit more personality coming out on the football field as well. And just their level of standards. I mean, Ray, outstanding player, yet makes one error. And you can just see how filthy she is. You know, she's an absolute perfectionist. And I just love the way in which she's playing. So, yeah, look, you know, you you spoke about it. It appears they've really built the Roosters culture. Um, You know, they're, they're throwing jerseys to some of these younger juniors coming through. And they look... You know, 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Um, you know, Jazzy Strange on the wing, um, you know, great to see her, see her get out there and, uh, you know, rip in. You know, she's going to be a, a decade-long player in the NRLW competition, I'm sure, for the Chooks as well. And, you know, Jess Surges and Isabel Kelly, you know, they've got the big names. You know, obviously Izzy, you know, they're, they're a skipper as well. They've got the big names. They've got the big pressure. And the reason they've got that, Geordie, is because... When their team needs them, they deliver. Um, you know, pretty impressive performances from those two on the weekend again. I think um, discipline is really a key word that I roosters must drive home because those key older girls, they're such flair players. Like, they can bring so much individual talent to the game, but they are so disciplined. Like, they're, they're measured flaring attacks, you could almost say. Like, is Kelly just knows when to turn it on, knows when to fall into a structure and... It's really exciting footy to watch. And then they've got a coach at fullback in Sammy Bremner, who is a coach. You know, her football <laughs> IQ, I mean, there wouldn't be too many players that they just have that level of knowledge, that experience in terms of rugby league. It doesn't matter what the scenario is on a football field. Sammy's been there. She's done that. She's excelled at it. And I just think she's got such a calming influence. And I, I look, I'm, I'm blown away uh, at, at the extra dimension that she's brought to this football team this year. Uh, okay, quick, uh, quick, uh, you know, some predictions here. Yeah, look, I, I, I think the Roosters, I, I think the Titans are going to shock the Roosters. I think a lot of people are expecting a comfortable win here. I don't think that'll be the case, but I just see some ridiculous ending where the Roosters are able to sneak this one home. What about yourself, Geordie? Yeah, I'm a bit in the same boat. I think Titans will come out. Firing, but I think Roosters, uh, I think they'll take this one. All right, team, that's all the time we have. Just want to thank my amazing panel, Geordie, always bringing the heat as we talk all things rugby league. And to our listeners, uh, look, we've got some exciting footy uh, headed our way with finals just around the corner. We really do uh, love and appreciate your support. How can you continue to support us? Download the podcast, share with family and friends. Thank you for choosing Mojo Sports. And until next week, we'll catch you then.
You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.